Hello, everybody. This is Russ, the gray-haired preacher, coming to you from Oaklawn United Methodist Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And uh, Sunday, June 21st, Father's Day, we are going to be open uh, at 8.30 and 10.30 for the first time inside. And we will wear our mask and social distance six feet apart. But uh, if you're in town um, and have a mask, come join us. Even if you don't have a mask, come join us because we um, we have a mask and space for for you. Uh, today, um, the title of our uh, session is Saul Gets Struck by Lightning, and turn with me to the chapter 9 in the book of Acts. Chapter 9, the book of Acts, and hear these words. In Jerusalem, Saul was trying to frighten the followers of the Lord by saying he would kill them. So he went to the high priest, and he asked him to write letters to the synagogues in the city of Damascus. Saul wanted the high priest to give him the authority to find the people in Damascus who were followers of Christ's way. And if he found any there, men or women, he would arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem. So Saul went to Damascus, and as he came near the city, a bright light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Saul fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you doing things against me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? And the voice answered, I'm Jesus. I'm the one you've been trying to hurt. Get up now and go to the city. Someone there will tell you what you must do. So the men traveling with Saul stood there, but they said nothing. They heard the voice, but they saw no one. Saul got up from the ground. He opened his eyes, but he couldn't see. So the men with Saul took his hand and led him into Damascus. And for three days, Saul could not see, and he did not eat or drink. Wow, the, the mighty Saul, the Pharisee of the Pharisees, the man who has taken garments and held them while uh, the elders are, are stoning Stephen, the, the first Christian martyr, uh, the man who had harmed and arrested so many Christians, literally gets struck by lightning and is knocked to the ground and gets up, not a powerful Pharisee, not a strong religious leader, but gets up as a beggar blind and being led by two men that were traveling with him. And um, they take him to a man's house named Ananias. And and the Lord spoke to Ananias and he said, here I am, Lord. And, uh, and uh, um, the Lord said to him, get up and go to a street called Straight Street and find the house of Judas. Ask for a man named Saul from the city of Tarsus. He was there now praying, and Saul had, had seen a vision that this man Ananias would come see him, and, and he lays his hands on him, and uh, Ananias says, but, but Lord, people have told me about this man, and they've told me that he does terrible things to your people in Jerusalem, and now he's come here to Damascus, and he's, he's, he's trying to hurt the followers of, of Jesus, but the Lord said to Ananias, go. I've chosen Paul for an important work. And Paul was to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Paul was to reach out to the Greeks and the Romans and, and share the gospel. So Ananias went to the house of Judas and he lays his hands on Paul and he says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus sent me. He's the one you saw on the road on your way here. 
He sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something that looked like fish scales fell from Saul's eyes and he was able to see again. And and Saul gets up and is baptized. And after he's eating some food, his strength returns and he goes out and preaches in Damascus and he preaches Jesus and he becomes more and more powerful um, because his faith in Christ is so strong. And then after many days, the Jews in Damascus make a plan to kill Saul, and so he escapes one night as they lower him in a basket through an opening in the city wall. So what do we make of this Damascus Road experience? Um, The Bible commentaries tell us that from Jerusalem to Damascus, Syria, it's about 136 miles. Uh, So Paul would have walked there, and that's more than a week's walk and that's a that's a long walk but as he walked he would have he would have walked with a sense of purpose a, a sense of hate he but he felt like he was doing God's work which was um persecuting uh, these strange people that followed Jesus um what can be very sad is sometimes we can think we are doing God's work and be full of zeal and we can be utterly and completely wrong. We can be misled. We can do great harm. And uh, religious zeal without some rational thinking and without the community to test the religious zeal can can really get us into so much trouble. When any time one person claims that he has a direct message from God, we're to test it with the rest of the community of faith and see if, if they see that to be... Uh, to be truth or not. Um, but uh, William Barclay in his commentary says that as uh, Paul was just reaching the city of Damascus, he was walking on a dry plain and he goes up a, a mountain and it was an area where hot air met cold air and there were frequent violent lightning storms. And it was just at that point when uh, when the lightning struck and, and um, um, Jesus speaks to Paul. Out of um, out of this this lightning, um, but you can see what what Barclay is doing is he's giving us a a rational explanation. Okay, it's lightning, but it doesn't account for the voice that was heard. We always need room for rational thought, and we need room for the miraculous, and we we have to have both. And um, then when Saul goes back to Jerusalem. In uh, verse 26, uh, no one wants to see him. They're afraid of him. They, they, they think it's a trick. They don't believe he's really a follower of Jesus. But Barnabas, whose name means encouragement, Barnabas accepts Paul and he takes him to the apostles. And Barnabas is the bridge. He explains, Saul has seen the Lord on the road. He explains that God has spoken to Saul and um, there's, there's much to be said about who are we talking about, Saul or Paul. Saul is his Aramaic or Hebrew name, um, and that's how he is known. And Paul is his Greek and, and Latin name. So just as you and I have different names in different contexts, so does Saul to, to Paul. But traditionally, after he is converted, we refer to him as as Paul, because he's the great apostle to the Gentiles. 
And uh, it said that for a time the church grew in Judea and Galilee and it had a time of peace. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, the group became stronger and the believers showed that they respected the Lord by the way they lived. And uh, because uh, of this, the groups grew larger and larger. And now the text moves from uh, Paul to Peter. And Peter, uh, the one that Jesus promises to build the church, Peter on this rock, I'll build my church. Peter's traveling through uh, through an area, of, and they, a people there were in uh, Lida. And there he meets a paralyzed man named Ananias. And Ananias hasn't been able to leave his bed for eight years. And Peter says, Ananias, Jesus Christ heals you. Stand up and make your bed. And Ananias stands up. And um, the people there who see this miracle turn to the Lord. And then Peter goes to the city of Joppa and he meets Tabitha. And uh, her Greek name is Dorcas. And those names mean gazelle or, or deer. And it says that this believer was always doing good and helping the poor. Uh, you may have come across a house called Dorcas House that's often a, a house usually for a, a women's shelter or domestic abuse, but oftentimes um, uh, Christian charities take the name of Dorcas, and it's this reference. And uh, it says that she became sick and died, and her body was washed and put in a room upstairs. And the followers in Joppa heard that Peter was nearby, and they begged him, hurry up and come. And Peter got ready and when he arrived, they took him upstairs and the widows were crying. And Peter, uh, they showed Peter the shirts and the coats that Dorcas had made when she was still alive. And, and Peter sent everyone out of the room and he kneels and prays. Then he turns to the body and says, Tabitha, stand up. She opens her eyes when she sees Peter. She sets up, he, he gives her his hand, he helps her up. And then he calls the saints and the widows into the room and he shows them Tabitha or Dorcas, and she's alive. And people everywhere in Joppa learned about this, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed in Joppa for many days with a man named Simon, who was a tanner or a leather worker. So in chapter 9, we have all these miraculous events. We have, we have a man, Saul, fall down, uh, um, hit by lightning, we assume, and we, he hears the voice of, of Jesus. Then he uh, becomes blind, and then he's healed of his blindness. And, um, and once again, a profound change in his life. Then we see um, um, Peter healing um, a paralyzed man just with the words of Jesus, the man who is paralyzed stands up. And finally, Peter heals Tabitha, who is either dead or certainly people thought she was dead. And and these are all hard for us in the 21st search, uh, century to, to imagine because we're, we're not used to such miracles. But, but know this, let this book, chapter 9, this chapter of Acts, show you that God has power. God has power to turn a religious zealot who is persecuting uh, the faithful to a faithful apostle and preacher. 
Uh, God has the power to take a paralyzed man and make him get up and walk. God has the power to make a woman who is dead or thought to be dead and restore her to life. And if the Lord Jesus has this power, imagine what power he can do in your life and my life. For those of you who are feeling stuck and paralyzed, hear the name of Jesus and get up and walk. Don't be stuck in the past. Don't be mired in um, in this bog of despair. Get up and walk. For those people that feel dead, please rise up, hear the voice of the Lord, and come back to life. Um, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the Christian faith. And just knock on the door and ask God to give you power over despair, power over death, power over depression. And I believe that God will give you this power. God will send you to a community that can encourage you and love you. And with the community, there is much more power because when you are feeling down and low in spirits, someone else in the community can lift you up. So there's great power in the community. You don't have to be alone. You don't need to be alone. Even in this time of social distancing, listen to a podcast, uh, FaceTime a friend, or pick up the telephone or, uh, or wear your mask and go for a walk with someone. God loves you. You need people. Reach out to people and walk together and uh, miraculous and powerful things will happen in your life and my life. Amen.